welcome to what is going to be a pretty somber episode of the Utah Royals FC show. Um, my name is Lucas, and I'm here with Cindy. Um, this yesterday, um, it's Thanksgiving week. Yesterday, news broke through the Athletic that um, there is a very, very real possibility that the Utah Royals um, move or fold. Um, so yeah, uh, here with Cindy, and we're gonna break down that news. But Cindy. Um, yeah, how are things uh, in your world? Yeah, you know, I was hoping for a chill week. No, you know, I was gonna start getting ready for player profiles with for the team for Utah Royals. Pretty chill, and then the news to shake up our world a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, right uh, before how, the holidays too. Right. What am I thankful for? Not this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's bad news, but I think we can just straight up blame Meg Linehan for ruining Thanksgiving. Yeah, Meg, come on. You could have held it until at least November 30th. That would have been great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just so everyone knows kind of where we're going today, um, we're just going to talk about um, the news, kind of what uh, what um, The Athletic reported, um, what we confirmed. Um kind of just our response to that news um, and then outline what options could be next, where the team could go, kind of what could happen, um, what what fans can do in response. And then we'll just end on um, this feels kind of weird and disjointed, but the uh, Christian Press's rights being selected by Racing Louisville. Um, and that is the podcast for today. Um, so let's just start out with what happened. Um, Essentially, Meg Linhan reported that there is a group in Kansas City putting together a bid to uh, purchase and relocate uh, the Utah Royals um, to Kansas City. Now, uh, if you're not aware, um, Kansas City did have a very successful NWSL team led by Flatko, the now U.S. Women's National Team head coach, um, and they folded in November of 27. Um well, they ceased operations, at which point Deloy Hansen purchased um, player contracts and, and started the new team, uh, Utah Royals. Um, and that was kind of a continuation of the Kansas City team, kind of not. Um, like, he didn't – the Royals don't have the, the, the trophies that Kansas City had, but they did bring over most of those players. Mm. Um, and so there's a group um, – Let's see, I'm trying to look for their names. Sounds like Alinda. Alinda. <laughs> um, Chris and Angie Long, and oh. I, I believe they're a married couple that are like portfolio investment managers um, in Kansas City. It looks like they have their own um, capital management company called Palmer Square Capital Management. Um, and so they're interested in purchasing the team. Um, Hmm. Uh, now nothing is for sure. Nothing is confirmed, but like basically the news is, um, there's a very real possibility that the Royals could move and could essentially be relocated back to Kansas city. Hmm. Um, yeah. And essentially the options here are, um, what the future could look like for the Royals is either an owner in, in, Utah buys the whole RSL org, meaning Real Salt Lake, 
uh, Real Monarchs, Utah Royals, the Academy, all that. Um, and that's sort of the best case scenario for local fans. I think that's what everyone wants. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be a set, another owner that buys the Royals and keeps them separate from RSL, but in, in the market here. Um, the second option would be this one where someone outside of Utah buys the team and relocates them. Um, that is far from ideal. That's probably pretty far from what the league would want. Um, but it's certainly better than the third option, which is simply that the team folds. Um, that's that's definitely worst case scenario. Um, as much as I don't love Kansas City soccer, um, the team being relocated uh, to Kansas City, in my opinion, is far in a way like better than them folding. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Cindy, what like what is your reaction to the news? There's, there's definitely mixed feelings. Um, I became, you know, NWSL fan mainly, you know, 2015 because there was a Kansas City team and it was a team that I could go to and watch the games and watch the, you know, watch a professional soccer team with names like, uh, Amy Rodriguez, Lauren Holiday, Becky Sabran, um, these women World Cup champions that had just won the World Cup in 2015. So it was exciting. And so, so there's mixed feelings because originally I'm part of this league because of that FC Kansas City team. But at the same time, what I experienced as a fan at the time, at the time it was just, you know, a soccer fan and not not writing not into the media or anything didn't even know there was such a thing honestly I thought the big newspapers covered all the media aspects of soccer but um but as a as, as a fan at the time I was not really impressed with how the club was run um you know you think of in professional soccer team you think of I thought that I was going to go to a soccer game at Children's Mercy Park. Instead, it led me to Swope Park. And I was a little confused because it's it's a great soccer park facility for youth soccer and minor league soccer. But when you think about a professional team, you don't think a soccer park. You think of stadium. So f- from the get-go, I was always surprised, not very impressed with the way the organization was run. Um, the team itself now was fantastic. You have a coach like Vladko Andonovsky, who is now the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, and this unknown soccer coach who coached this team to two professional, to the two NWSL championships in 2014 and 2015. So Kansas, FC Kansas City as a team is very successful, and it's iconic. Um because of its players, because of its coach. But as an organization, not so much. There was allegations of uh, sexual misconduct from its owners. And uh, then that particular team was sold to a team, to an owner in Minnesota who didn't really put a lot of effort into its team. So when they were sold in 2017 to uh you know, they were going to Salt Lake City, of course, there's the mixed feelings of like, oh, well, that's a bummer because they're 
essentially my team that I, and by that time I was covering the team. I was starting to write about them. I would go to the games, take photos. And then they got sold to Utah, to Delo Hansen in Utah. And, you know, that first season we all saw like, wow, it's amazing. It's he's put equality and locker rooms and this is it. This is the next level of women's professional soccer in the U.S. An MLS owner or just an owner in general who cares very much about its team. Um, and then, of course, flash forward. Here we are, 2020, and Deloitte Hansen is not the owner we thought he would be. And so there's just mixed feelings because, yes, absolutely, you would love to have a team closer. and But because of the history with Kansas City and the way those or those owners handle the team in that city in Kansas City I'm not like sold on the idea that this is it you know what I'm saying like mm. I think what I've seen in Utah is has been really just it's the next level it's like the fan support has been incredible like the community, this the community in Utah really has gotten behind this Utah Royals FC team, and I mean, Rio Tinto is the second. Uh, I believe it has the second highest attendance. That kind of almost could potentially rival Portland. Um, so yeah, kind of yeah, mixed feelings. They average about ten thousand fans a game, um, yeah. which is yeah, far and away the second highest. Yeah. So there's definitely mixed feelings, but. I, I don't – I think just the attachment, what, it, what we've, we've seen in Utah for the past three seasons and the community support and the fan support, and it just seems like a, you know, punch in the gut from <laughs> soccer universe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just kind of hearing you retell the demise of FC Casey, like it's – like you just feel so bad for these players who've been through this before, like Amy and Ratcliffe and just like all the players that, you know, came from Kansas city. Um, and yeah, like allegations of sexual misconduct from an owner um, isn't that different from, or doesn't feel that far off from allegations of like racist and sexual, like, um, sexist language from an owner and that's just so brutal like that just sucks for these players that they're professionals they should be treated with respect and they've earned that respect um they're incredible athletes and they should be judged as such yet they keep i don't know getting bounced around mistreated um like i i think i'm really frustrated that I know some people are concerned about RSL leaving and I've even seen some takes online of like, let's hope we can at least keep RSL in market. And I, like, I hate the message it sends that these mm -hmm. athletes are less important, that this team is less important because they're, they're not. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's like, they should be treated as co-equals in my opinion. Um mm -hmm. And yet, like, once again, sort of women's sports is just not important. Kind of like the afterthought, um, it seems like, yeah, just really not people. I don't know. I think if they're thinking about, like, when 
Columbus crew was um, probably going to move to Austin, Texas. Hmm. The outcry there was massive. Um, and it was awesome to see um, fans around the league rally around the crew. You saw hmm. like there's um, one guy I used to sit near uh, next to in, for our cell games and he would wear a Columbus jersey and hold up a save the crew um, uh, scarf. And that was awesome. And I think we're starting as a fan base to get a sense that this is a really real thing, but I do feel like the outcry needs to be stronger. And I don't know. I think it's just disappointing that some of the takes I've seen so far are at least we can keep RSL. Like it sucks to lose the Royals, but whatever. Hmm. Yeah. And there, there does need to be some form of support outcry from fans and, um, I was, I think that was one of the things that was uh, put in as an idea yesterday, as soon as we learned from the news that there's got to be something from a campaign standpoint from, you know, what could get trending so it could happen. And one of our writers, you know, took initiative to keep Utah Royal and, um, and we published that article today. And with the and people have been using the hashtag, so even just the response right now has been good, and hopefully it grows and it takes off, and people use that hashtag and tag the NWSL and Lisa Baird, and yeah, I agree. I think I think anytime a team is considered being moved, and and that's even just going back to the FC Kansas City Boston Breakers folding. I mean, there was some dismay online about but not to a point where things changed um or the teams were kept in that market um but but I think this one is different because I think there's a bigger fan base in Utah for the Royals than the Breakers had in Boston and Kansas City had in Kansas City um so yeah that's my thought on that yeah, I mean, it's tough that it's such a young team. Like, I don't know if it's often that we see teams that have only been around three seasons fold. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's unique and it's a smaller league. It's a newer league. but um, And, like, you might see that sometimes with brand new leagues that the whole league folds. I know there was, like, a an American football league that was started a couple years ago that folded pretty quick. But... Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it kind of comes back to Deloitte of everything was sort of hinging on him. Um, And I always felt like he, through all of his faults, built something really great in, um, you had an MLS team, you had a USL team that's kind of supported that MLS team, you had a really good academy system that's Mm. produced some really quality players. two of whom just made their debut for the U.S. men's national team. Mm. Uh, And what was really cool about that is two RSL Academy players, um, one had two assists, and both those assists were for the other one's two goals. Like, really cool to see. Um, But then Deloitte brings in an NWSL team, which he had said had been in in the plan but was about five years out, and that got got accelerated once things happened with Kansas City. and now here we are, like three years on, um, 
and it comes out that he's you know he's used the n-word he said he's made jokes about lynching black players like these really abhorrent things um he should not be an owner he should not be in a leadership position um his his behavior his actions are totally un, unacceptable but who steps up and purchases like the team like that's the big question um feels like also a failing of his that i think i think my assumption had been that he wanted to do everything in his power to keep um keep the team to get the the teams together and now i kind of just have the sense that he doesn't really care what happens as long as he makes like gets paid i don't think I think he would be totally willing to sell this team to someone outside the market if that meant he recouped some cost, mm-hmm. uh, which is frustrating. And maybe that's not true, but I think everything I've heard about how he treats people, how he treats his staff makes me feel like he probably doesn't doesn't really care. Which is, yeah, like you said, unfortunate, frustrating. It's you – all if you just I think maybe it might have been virtue where he was like Delo Hansen spent so much of his time the past few years of building this soccer a uh, uh, soccer legacy um and it's down to this um oh especially with like the women's soccer deal where, you know, he comes across as like this U.S. soccer, this women's soccer savior, um, you know, it, it's he's he in, for the past three years, it's like he's a savior of women's sports. He the women are equal, blah, blah, blah. It's like what a bunch of BS now because he has, you know, at this point, he's holding that organization hostage. Um and yeah i get it you built it i get it you invested in it um but someone of your you need to (laughs) take a long hard look in the mirror and (laughs) you know change your ways and admit to your mistakes and not and it's it all this time you spend being building this rsl organization bringing the utah royals and it just like that it it's dissipating yeah i mean mm-hmm. I, matt montgomery has multiple times referred to rsl and the rsl organization as a billionaire's plaything. Mm-hmm. um and that, like that sucks it sucks to be like a fan of something, to be passionate about something. You know, you've got thousands and thousands of fans mm-hmm. of these teams and really the person who owns it and drives it and gives it direction and dictates its success just really does not care. Mm-hmm. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's rough. And I know he would say otherwise, but like, frankly, he is not, he has not put resources into the team, into the organization to make them more successful. He could do that. He could have done that for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think people would feel super differently about him if he just, I don't know, mm-hmm. had been less terrible to people. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess that goes without saying. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. It's all it's all pretty disappointing. It's pretty disheartening. Um, yeah. But yeah, in a time where you know you have Racing Louisville joining the league, there's a ton of hype around Angel City. Um, what do you think this situation where one of the newer teams, one of the more successful teams in in at least fan numbers, attendance numbers, um, kind of being on the cusp of moving or folding, what do you think that says about the league? The league is what we – it's very fragile. I think we've seen a lot of positives, I think, what Lisa Baird as NWSL commissioner has done. I mean, we had plans for a 2021 season in November. Like, what is that? Um, so there's definitely been a lot of progress. TV viewership was up this year. Um, By like, what, 300, 400, yeah. something crazy? Something, yeah, something insane. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying not to use those words of like insane, crazy. Um, <laughs> I read... Just I know recently read something that's like, don't use those words because they actually do have a meaning. And so I'm like, ah, every time I'm like, so wild because is that what count? I don't know. <sighs> um, but yeah, it's it's been so many good positives and Budweiser coming on as a sponsor, Verizon, just a lot of good. But also at the same time, it just shows how young the league is as a whole. The NWSL is will be 10 ne- 10 years old next season the start of the next 2022 season it'll be its 10th season but there just hasn't been it it's also been a very like independent type league where the owners run their own successful little market you know like Portland Chicago um and then more and more these MLS owners have incorporated a women's team and so slowly it's been growing but then you get into a situation like this where MLS has a certain protocols like, okay, Delo Hansen has has until this particular time to sell a team. MLS will take over. MLS has those resources. MLS can run RSL um, for as yeah. long as they need to. And there's precedent of that happening. I mean, when Chiefs USA was mm-hmm. going under, the league came in and ran it for like a year or two while they were mm-hmm. trying to find an owner and that ultimately didn't happen. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that's a concern on the RSL side that they will never find an owner. An MLS team is a really valuable asset right. that is appreciating all the time. Right. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the league doesn't probably doesn't have those kind of resources to do yeah. that. Yeah. So there. Yeah, there is no resource. The NWSL can't just run a team in itself. Like, the NWSL is not going to send, like, it's not going to rescue Utah. It will get involved as far as um, what happens to the club. Like, they need, they need, they need an owner. They need a buyer. And so they will work with whoever has the best interest for this particular team. And, Perhaps that is why that Kansas City ownership duel came across because they probably have approached the league for the interest of buying this club and bringing it back to Kansas City. So at this, the NWSL really has two options. This team will fold 
or we have a new owner that just that wants to keep the team in Utah or brings the team to a new city, former city, as we saw with 2017 with the Kansas City team. So yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think you're you're right there. Um, and just I think for the sake of the league, for the sake of the players, moving cities is far better than folding but moving cities is still really bad like in my mm-hmm. opinion football clubs should be a part of the community and, and owned by the community in a certain sense and having them it's a very american thing but just having them ripped and moved um might be common but it's really not good i don't think it's good mm-hmm. for the team i don't think it's good for the players and it is absolutely not good for the fan base because you're sort of told over and over again, like, this is our team, this is our city, and then, oh, never mind. Psych. Um, psych. Big old psych from Deloitte there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think personally, like, I feel, I feel real bummed about this. Like, I love, I really love covering this team. Um, I think I always knew that maybe there could be a pop and like to me it felt like an outside chance that something could go wrong and the team moved or folded but that just felt really unlikely until yesterday um and now it's like oh this is you know i was able to speak to someone and they were like yeah this is a very real possibility mm-hmm. and so it doesn't mean it's going to happen it's not nothing is decided from from what i've heard but it's yeah it definitely freaks me out that that it's even a realistic possibility that's being discussed. Yeah. And just the irony there. <laughs> the other, As soon as I saw the report, I was like, that is like so ironic. Like, okay, okay, we want a team back. Psych, Kansas City gets a team back. I know, um, all places. <laughs> which I know you guys love that. Um, How would you feel about if Omaha or Lincoln got an NWSL team? I... Yeah, I'm not. Like, oh wow! I I mean I'm not I'm not from here. I'm only here for a specific reason. And when there's a chance, I'm moving to California for LAFC. I'm sorry, A Angel City FC. <laughs> wow, LAFC. I mean, they they just got knocked out by Seattle. So uh, I know. I can't believe. Team. Playoff this... chokers. <laughs> so did Philadelphia. weren't they supposed to be the team? Yeah, that shocked me yeah. i mean also portland getting knocked out by fc dallas who are kind of a garbage team mm. it's sort of awesome like it's just that is kind of the fun of the chaos of mls um yeah, yeah i don't know sorry yeah this is not an mls focused podcast but this MLS is... is wild y'all but it is is this the part of the section where we talk uh Totten Hotspur podcast. Oh, just cruising, rolling over Pep Guardiola City. Jose oh. Mourinho, just Ooh. it's it's Barcelona versus Real Madrid all over again. But the tables have turned. The tables have Mourinho turned. Mourinho is the best manager in the world, and it's really irrefutable at this point. It is. Number one. Totten Hotspur is number one. And that is Top what has of the table. Can you imagine if they win? Like I, I'm getting a Spurs tattoo the day they win. I will. I will get 
pretty hammered and you're taught that too. And my wife has already said <laughs> that's okay. Wow, Casey, that's impressive. Uh, Just so everyone knows my wife's name is Casey. We're not talking about uh, the city of Casey. Oh, right, right. Uh, don't you have an RSL tattoo too? Is no. that you? Oh, no. uh, wrong guy. No, that that's weird. That'd be very unprofessional as a very serious journalist. You have something, Arcel. Oh, maybe that's not you. Is it Matt? Like maybe Jersey. Matt does. No, I don't think there's any way. <laughs> I don't think Matt has any tattoos. Uh, if you only listened to our show, he would. Yeah. Shout out um, to Matt, who will never hear this. Mm, Matt, the best managing editor in the history of SB Nation. Well. No? Wow. Know, I'm just kidding. Wow. I mean, he, he won't listen, so it doesn't really matter what we say He's, about him. He's not that great. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay, back on topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, Lucas, it's just so so bizarre, I and I don't know how I feel about it. Still, yeah. So, if you are a fan of this team, like, what can you do in response to this news that that your team that you love could? Either move or fold. Get mad. Just. Okay, here's the thing. Shout out. Get mad online. Get mad online. Listen, Utah fans. We have some pretty, pretty. uh, What's the word I want to use for this? I want to be careful I use the right word, but. um... Insanely crazy. (laughs) No. Oh, Utah, this is your time to stand. Um, Utah Royals FC. Um, go to the level that press fans go. Um, go get mad online. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like a situation where people are pretty powerless. But honestly, thinking about the Save the Crew movement, that made it nearly impossible for the league to move that team because mm-hmm. MLS would have been hated. Austin would have been hated. Um, I mean, I think it's it was a huge, hugely shameful thing for Major League Soccer that it came that close. And fortunately, they pulled together a group, an ownership group, kind of in the 11th hour. Mm-hmm. I, I think outcry from the fans could probably be one of the best things you, things you can do and that could be posting online that could be i don't know going to the stadium with with banners or something i have no idea but like get creative with it like use some yeah. imagination of of what you can do to amplify your voice be sure your voice is heard from people within the league from mm-hmm. potential owners like i know stockton who wrote a great article this morning on rcelsobox.com um outlined some things like go read that um uh, like he's been tagging JJ Watt and Ryan Smith um, mm-hmm. very regularly online, and that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Like you can do that, but also you know continue to think and imagine how you can make it clear that we as a community want this team to stay in our community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and if you haven't read Stockton's article, it is up on rslsoapbox.com. But here's how you can be a part of the movement to keep 
hashtag keep Utah Royal. Um, post your favorite moment, either with a for- photo or story. Um, use the hashtag though, hashtag keep Utah Royal. Tag, yeah, like Lucas said, tag people. Tag the NWSL. We said it earlier. Tag Lisa Baird. You know, let let the community know. Let them know that a community supports the team and selling the team is kind of a easy option, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think tagging Lisa Baird is also probably obnoxious to her, but really great <laughs> that she will see that and like she's active online. Um that's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. And I feel like she cares. She cares about the NWSL. She cares about the league itself and its teams and the fans. And Yeah. She, and I, don't, yeah don't be rude to Lisa Baird. Yeah, she has been incredible. No. But just make it clear, if you feel this way, that you want the team to stay. Yeah. And for the record... If you're going to tag at NWSL, know that it's actually a social media person running it. And be kind to them, too. They um, do not have the power to, to keep the Royals in Utah. No, but they you're can pass on. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but you can pass on the message to, you know, Lisa and be like, hey, my phone's blowing up. Um, let's keep the team in Utah. I'm sure they have that power. But, um, Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, that I think is everything about this really downer news that we got. Um, Do you have any other thoughts before we talk about our last item on the agenda? No, just, just, I just, let's wait and see what happens. Um, But hashtag keep wait and see, but also act now and be mad (laughs) online. Yes. Be mad online appropriately. Don't just be mean to people online, but you can be an advocate. You can do things online without being a jerk. So Yeah. Anger is totally okay. Uh it's a valid emotion to have, but how you manage that anger is what counts. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um Let's talk um, Kristen Press hmm. to Racing Louisville Football Club. How excited are you to see Kristen Press play in Kentucky? Oh, I am so excited because she will never play there. It's going to be inc- – oh, I'm sure she will, just probably not for racing. Oh, right. Okay, so Cindy, <laughs> can you explain – so – just so everyone knows, um, Racing Louisville selected Kristen, the rights to Kristen Press, who is a Manchester United player, former Utah Royals FC player. Um, uh, and um, why is it that everyone is so sure she will never play in Kentucky? Because she wants to play in L.A. <laughs> um I think, and I said this, like, I don't know if I said it on record, on online, or I might have maybe written about it, that I thought that uh, Louisville FC was taking taking Kristen Press 
it was a risk because there's a very good probability she does not want to play uh, for that particular club. Um, and I think if I had a hunch, which I do, um, she wants to play for the uh, Angel City Club. And that's totally fine. Let me repeat that. If you're listening to this, it's totally fine that she wants to play for L.A. Um, and I've said this on this show before. If Salem, Oregon had a professional soccer team and I could play there, I would love that. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with playing for your hometown team. It is very true. Um, so, yeah. I mean, just like she did not want to continue playing in Utah, she does not want to play for another club except that L.A. team. And so I think there's already kind of like this behind-the-scenes, like, worked out between, like, the NWSL, U.S. Soccer, Angel City, FC, Louisville, and the goal is just to get Tobin Heath and Kristen Press to LAFC and, you know, racing Louisville, get some nice allocation money from that transaction. So, But they had the – yeah, I mean, do you think that is really purely just a future play, that they're going to sit on their rights? And if so, like, why – like, what's the advantage of that when you could just not select those players, select players that are actually going to help you um, in your first season hmm. and let, you know, um, let Angel City come in in 2021 and pick those players? Like, that right. sounds weird, right? Yeah, but here's the thing that... Um... The U.S. national team players actually have a lot of say on where they want to play, on who they don't want to play for. Um, and, and we've seen press in the past mm-hmm. just straight up go to Europe if she doesn't – like she didn't want to go to the Dash, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. She could be a Challenge Cup winner right now if she had just yeah. uh, planned that a little better. But <laughs> that would have been real hard to call in, like, what was that, 2017? Yeah. Uh, 2018 maybe. Um, yeah, like she, you know, and that's, I think, okay. And also WSL is an attractive destination, um, more so than it ever has been. She might Mm -hmm. be comfortable staying in Manchester for, you know, for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, even her response was pretty telling of where she is. Um, yeah, I've got that pull, that quote pulled up. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, I do, please. So um, this Jonathan uh, Tannenwald, um, I don't know if he asked a question, but Press was asked about the NW, the NWSL expansion draft. And she said, I did have some knowledge about um, that being picked in the expansion draft beforehand. I'm very glad that the NWSL is expanding and growing. I think that's hugely important. And for me in this moment, I think 2020 is has reminded me the importance of just being present in where I am. And in this moment, I'm a U.S. Women's National Team player for the first time in a very long time, and I'm a Manchester United player. And the future doesn't really hold any certainty. So I think in this year, it's been hard to really conceptualize what all this means, but I know the importance of the NWSL pushing on and pushing forward and continuing to grow and better women's soccer in America. Mm. And so I'm happy for that. Like, I think that's fine. 
like there's nothing wrong with that statement except for there's nothing in there about being exciting to play playing for Louisville or looking forward to, you know, playing for racing, anything like that. Like it seems like she's dodged that question a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And the most um ambassador ish way you can say. What is what's the word for that? Ambassadorally? <laughs> sure. Something. Something something. Um Actually. Hmm? Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um she did not mention racing Louisville at all, which is kind of telling. Um I mean, it's cool. She gave a response to where she's at and where she's at is where she's at. She's a U.S. national team player, and she's a Manchester United player. That's fair. Um, but also not to acknowledge the club itself says a lot that it's not where her – it's not something she's foreseeing. And and no. that's okay. I, I think – I mean, I think if you're racing Louisville, you had to have known that there was a chance that this was not happening. And why, again, it goes back to – they will either leave them unprotected or but if the same rules apply both can't play you know what i'm saying like if the rules apply this year to how they were this year like both can't go like if if uh the angel city club selects chris and press they couldn't yeah so oh i didn't i haven't thought about that you're totally right um yeah you're still listeners are aware in the expansion draft, you could take two players from each team mm-hmm. or one in, uh, one U.S. Women's National Team allocated player. So the only team they could take from Utah was Press once mm-hmm. they selected Press. They couldn't take anyone else. And if they had you know, selected Katie Bowen, they mm-hmm. couldn't then take Press. It was like two um, non-allocated players or one allocated player. And that's why there's a lot of speculation if Heath and Press were going to get selected while the draft was going on because they didn't take any players from Utah. Mm-hmm. They didn't take any players from Portland until those last two. Um, so, yeah, that's really fascinating that this might make it impossible for both those players mm-hmm. to go to um, Angel City, at least through the mechanic mechanism of the expansion draft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so, so maybe that's um, the play is they're gonna sell them both to um to angel city but for a lot more than seventy five thousand dollars in allocation money oh yeah i mean if i'm racing louisville and i have these two players who want to play in a specific team they better get something for it and that was like the worry with that was like one of the criticisms that utah faced with leaving press unprotected was they could have probably have gotten a whole lot more than 75k obviously the situation for utah was is desperate because they need those 75k right now but if you look at what utah gave up to get press in the first place um a lot lot. and so yeah utah i mean kristen press if in if we were not in a situation that Utah has been has been in all season, 
all year. Um, press, her rights get protected. If LA wants her next year, Utah can play hardball. Um, yeah. yeah. I think to expand on what, what you said, Utah needs the $75,000 in allocate, allocation money because it seems like because they don't have any money coming in from Deloitte right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so in order to make any signings or um, maybe just other other things team-related, they needed that money. They've got other money coming from, I think, still coming in from the Sauerbrunn trade. And I think there was something else. But, um, yeah, that it was sort of a – it seems like it was a, hey, we need this now, so we're willing to take less than press is actually worth type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else we need to cover on today's episode? We didn't really talk about 2021 as far as like a season. Like we know what's going to happen next season. That's true. Yeah. Um, do you want to cover that now or save that for a future show when we might know if there will be a season in Utah? Oh, wow. Lucas, way <laughs> to bring a downer. We can briefly discuss it because I think it's important. Look, okay. n- nothing is official. For all we know, um, somebody could buy Utah and want to. I mean, isn't there enough people in Utah with money? Come on. Um, I wonder if Robert Redford would want to get into the women's soccer game. Hmm, we should tweet at him. What about Taylor Swift? Um, Someone already did. Oh, <laughs> I mean. LAFC, ugh, keep saying that darn name. A, AC, Angel City Football Club. Is that what they're called? ACFC. ACFC, yeah. Okay, they sound like an air conditioner, but ACFC. Um, can they spare an owner or two? You know, the same. I know uh, they've got so many. They do. They're being greedy, honestly. Yeah, come on. Bad luck, yeah. Angel City. Come on. Yeah. Help help us out here. Damn it, um, Natalie Portman. <laughs> uh, okay, so 2021, um, we have an idea of how it would look like. Players will report to camp on February 20, um, February 1st, 2021, either in Kansas City or in Utah. Um, <laughs> uh, Let's not jump to that. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, too soon. And then the Challenge Cup is going to return um as like a preseason tournament type of thing which i think is pretty cool yeah um, i'm stoked for that probably won't yeah. be here again but no probably not probably in kansas city but uh <laughs> we could laugh at the paint you know i hear laughter is the best medicine lucas so just saying definitely yeah that's definitely, definitely. It. yeah that's it but so nwso challenge cup in mid-april and then uh, so depending on how things are with COVID, um, they may either be held in multiple bubble environments, uh, team markets, or a combination of the two. And then the 2020-2021 regular season kicks off in mid-May. Still 12 games. Um, but I think the most exciting thing about next season is that playoffs are now six teams, um, which begin in November and then the top two seeds receive a first round bye. 
And then the NWSL Championship is November 20th. So, yeah, I, I'm excited for more teams in the playoffs, personally. Um, yeah, I think it'll be more fun. I think it it devalues, and probably is a good thing, the goal of making it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I don't think that should ever really be a team's goal. It's sort of a, you know, like you got to make the playoffs. That should be everyone's sure. baseline. Sure. Which, if we had this rule in these last two seasons, Utah could have easily made it both seasons. Just saying. They would not have this year. No, I'm sorry. 2018 <laughs> and 2019. Yeah. Not COVID season. Um, but yeah. That's that's just something to look forward to in 2021. Um yeah. Yeah, I um it's exciting that we know what 2021 might look like. Um and there's just one real key piece of information that we are waiting on. Mhm. Wait and see. Always true. So mm-hmm. All right, everyone, well thanks for listening. Um and happy Thanksgiving to all of our US listeners. Keep Utah Royal.